What about you? Sorry? If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. I love that answer. Something that lasts, that means something. Something yes. more important than life. Yes. It's written in the stars. I am a star. If I had money, I would only spend it on things that were fun, you know? Not boring things like taxes. I'm just one for everyone to party forever. When I first moved to LA, signs on all the doors said, no actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. And now, y'all ready for something different? Whoa! <laughs> Do. We have to redefine the form. Map those dreams and print them into history. Look up and say, Eureka! I am not alone. Get a kicky, get a kicky, get a kicky. So much trouble, Manny. We have to leave now. What I do means something. You thought this town needed you. It's bigger than you. It's the most magical place in the world. Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast, everyone. My name is Dwayne, and today we have our first ever double movie review here on the podcast. Before we get into our two movies that we're going to be discussing today, I'm joined by special guests from the Cinemania World team and film posers. We have Josie. Josie, hello. How are you? Hello, I am good. I am back in the land of my people, aka Puerto Rico. So if you guys hear any background noise, I apologize. Those are probably the cookies. But yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to discuss two very divisive films uh, from film Twitter for some reason. Yes, I don't even understand why. I mean, I mean, I, I get the way, it. But yeah, it's the like... way I can see it, but Babylon, I was surprised because this feels like the mm -hmm. kind of thing that like film bros go crazy over. And then I was like, oh my god. That's what I felt when I was watching it, and then I saw that it had like a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm yeah. Like, Ooh. So, um. So yeah, there it is, everyone. We are going to be discussing uh, both Babylon and the Whale, just to kind of cut some time here on the podcast going into the holidays. Um. It, it, it looks like we're gonna have a review for these two movies, as well as a review for Puss in Boots coming out. So stay tuned for all Yay. of that. But today. <laughs> <laughs> today josie and i are here to discuss babylon and the whale we are going to start with babylon of course this is damien chazelle's babylon this is his first movie since god what was damien chazelle's last movie first man i'm guessing yeah and um so 
It's his first movie since that, which has been, that was like 2019, I believe. Yeah, I was, in, I was still in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2000. What the fuck was I doing in 2019? Probably nothing special. But uh, 2019, and he's back with Babylon. I believe this is supposed to come out earlier, but, you know, things with the pandemic kind of went crazy. So uh, um, I'm going to go through the bio on IMDb. And the bio is as follows. A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous success. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of, of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Uh, it stars, of course, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. Um, sorry, this cast is kind of slow. We have Diego Calva, which I thought, I don't know why he's like fifth billing here. I know. It <laughs> like, bothers what's me going on? so much. Um. I don't know. I I keep. I remember that was like a big thing when uh when like they were doing the awards push. Yeah, because it was and, going back and forth. There were some errors on the Paramount mm-hmm. page where it was like, oh, he's supporting, mm. but really we all knew from the beginning that he was the lead. So that was a big mis- misstep on their part, and then they corrected it, and he is being pushed as lead. I'm was glad that an he- error though on their part. I don't know. <laughs> I, I let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm glad okay. that at least he got that Golden Globe nomination because I thought yeah, he was yeah. really good, and I was like on the second wave of critics that saw this, and I remember the first time the first reactions that came out, a lot of people were like, "I don't know, he's like underutilized, he's not in it as much," and I'm like, "Did we watch the same movie?" Yeah, I I thought he was the best part of this movie, quite he frankly. He really was. Um, I mean, we'll get into everything. But yeah, let me start that over as far as the cast. It stars Diego Calva, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart. We had a big ensemble here. So, um, you know, I know there's a couple of awards that do like ensemble. So this, this will probably be right up there. Uh, we also it was also directed by Damien Chazelle, as noted, and it was written by Damien Chazelle. Um, so yeah, that is the bio and cast of Babylon, and it was a three-hour and eight-minute movie. Now you and I, oh yeah, are probably gonna go back and forth with the <laughs> runtime. I remember messaging it's, you. Oh, it's he- <laughs> it was a heavy runtime. I remember <laughs> we got to the Paramount Building in Times Square, mm-hmm. and I'm one. I hydrate. I, I try to be a responsible <laughs> human being. So yes. I remember I went to, because we got to the venue early, so I went to the bathroom twice before the movie because I was like, this is a long-ass film. <laughs> and I was very surprised. I didn't get up once. And I think that's props to the movie because I remember during Avatar, I was like, I need I, I need to get out of here for a second. I need to breathe. <laughs> I, um, so I watched this at home uh, for my first time you watching lucky, it. Yeah, I, so I, um... It's bad because I I I had a couple of breaks with this movie. Listen, I everyone yeah. it's well documented when it comes when it comes to longer films, I don't feel them all that much. Like I feel like if for you to be like three hours, like you really, really, really yeah really have to convince me or something so you're a 90 um, minute person like me no not even 90 minutes like 90 minutes i think it's a sweet spot for yeah i think horror needs to be like 90 minutes oh definitely i feel like comedies horror even animated films when animated films push to two hours i'm like y'all okay (laughs) <laughs> like I just, I think you overstay your welcome a little bit. Um, when you push it and push it and push it, 
I am usually me personally. I think I'm a two hour and 15 minute guy. Like, I think one of the best paced films is going to, it's going to, it's a, of course it's an MCU plug, but like, I think Thor Ragnarok is a great paced film as far oh, as like, it's two hours, I think in two hours and like 17 or even I like was the first eight Black years Panther. old when I found out that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. It was like, even like, even like Black Panthers around that time, maybe it was the MCU that maybe like, okay, two hours, 15, you know, two hours, 20. I I'm, I'm okay. It's then, you know, when you start to go to two hours and 30, I'm like, okay, you know, this is still, I'm still, I can still vibe with this. Yeah, but it's because over that. Yeah, I think it's because they know how to handle it and it's not as being indoctrinated into the MCU code. But it's like when you go into an MCU film and you hear like, for example, with Black Panther, the people were saying like this one is going to be a really long runtime and you're like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's action, there's a lot of mobility, like there's spectacle to it. And I know that a lot of people are like, spectacle is the end of cinema. But I mean, if it's going to be long, <laughs> at least entertain people. Exactly. I completely agree. I think like I remember when It Chapter 2 came out, I was like, oh, my God, it's one of the longest, you know, horror movies. I think it's the longest horror movie or something like that. I, I actually didn't mind the front time. I thought I thought it was OK. There's some big stakes here with Pennywise and the older gang and i thought it worked uh but yeah it just depends on the movie like i've only watched irishman once dude i can't i can't man. <laughs> that's so, more than me <laughs> I, so like i don't know so with this movie i actually i had a screener and i for you know for fyc season and i watched it at home i started it it was like early in the morning because it was like the i actually watched it the day of my voting so i watched it last minute last minute i woke up at like seven in the morning i turned it on i had some coffee and then after like 35 minutes i went to go make breakfast and then i came back and then um <laughs> that i had it and then thank god you like, didn't start the movie with breakfast <laughs> oh my oh my god okay so this movie <laughs> okay so we we can get to this we can get to the review now but like this movie i like i Dude, when it started, I don't think st- I don't think drinking coffee and starting the movie was the right idea. No, because I my mind was going everywhere. I was like, dude, what is this? Is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, so twenty minutes of chaos in the beginning, and then uh, they had the nerve to drop the title card after yeah after twenty minutes. I was like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be. It's going to be be insane. That's what it is. And it's mostly, a lot of people did complain about the opening. And I I I remember (laughs) um, I read on it a bit just about the beginning. And I know someone had mentioned Avatar in one of their reactions. And Mm -hmm. I was like, God damn it. But but it's no spoiler unless you know the context. Mm -hmm. But at least with that opening scene, I actually, I didn't know what it was getting ready for but when i saw it i was like it's not that bad because then you keep watching the film and you're like yes it's crazy but i mean it's Mm -hmm. a good setup for what you're gonna get and i think that's the Mm -hmm. main thing with uh damon chazelle because i remember he said that with la la land that he went all out on that opening scene so if anyone is not into musicals it's like hey this is gonna be the most musicaliest musical film you're gonna (laughs) see so this is your chance to leave and i think that's what he was doing with that opening scene it kind of start like it, it. It doesn't start off right away in the craziness. It, it, I think it takes like 
a few like a minute or two to kind of get into it but like like i said as far as as far as diego calva and him being the lead the movie starts with him and it ends with him so i'm just like i don't understand what the billing is for the movie even on imdb yeah. like it only has brad pitt margot robbie and i yeah. get it they're the new movie stars but i'm like dude if you're I gonna know. introduce like a new a new fresh kind of actor in this in this ambitious role uh then like market him you know like what's going on i know around, that's around my here? biggest pet peeve with this film yeah because every single ad you see on youtube on tiktok everywhere mm-hmm. it's like brad pitt margot robbie and not once has he mentioned i've only seen him in promotions on instagram yeah. Because they have been doing a lot of collaborative posts between the Babylon movie official Instagram and Diego Carvas mm-hmm. original Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it because I follow him. But other than that, and that's because I follow him. And technically, you could say I'm going out of my way to get that content, but not right, even right. seeing him on YouTube, like on a specific ad, especially since so many people are mentioning him in their reactions. And not once have I seen it like on a you know, those uh, special trailers like ad spots where there are like critics reactions. Not once have I mm. seen him. Yeah, it's um, I, I remember actually watching the trailer, not the trailer. I remember watching the uh, like a TV spot randomly. It was on ESPN, which is like one of the most random places for a TV spot for this movie. But um, and he was just Margot Robbie. It was just that. First of all, they only market that one damn the, the opening. That's all they market is like the party. And uh, I mean, I get it, you know, like the which is so surprising. Party. Sorry, it's yeah. so surprising to yeah. me that that's the opening because I remember seeing that film and being like, "Oh my gosh, this is early. What the heck are we gonna <laughs> see next?" Right, and I I kind of like the fact that I didn't really know what we were gonna get because I thought the I thought the party was the big ending kind of yeah. culmination of all of these characters, but uh, yeah, they did a good job with that. Yeah, t- I totally agree. And um, you know, when it when it started with that. I was a little surprised as well, and um, I just, I, I really, I did really like how it, it was all done and stuff. Uh, going back into the film here, I just wanted to kind of comment on uh, Diego Calva's character and who he played. I thought he did an excellent, excellent, excellent job. Um, he was my favorite performance of the movie. I know come Oscar season, like I feel like we're gonna get a situation here where everyone gets nominated except for the lead and you know that kind of happened what's the movie that happened with like moonlight you know that kind of happened with that with when it was where it was uh mahershala ali uh you know and and i feel like that's what's gonna happen here with this movie i don't want that want it to happen but i feel like you know he's gonna get kind of overlooked as as he kind of already is but i thought he was just i thought he was just excellent um as manny he's kind of he kind of plays the he plays the the wondrous kind of nobody at first who turns into somebody and wants to be a part of this industry. And I love characters like that who kind of have to work their way to be something. And um, the trailers kind of give, give that away too as far as when Margot is like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Um, and he kind of tells her, I thought that was all so great in the way, the way they handled it by the end of the movie as well too. And, yeah. and I just love, because I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting, 
a sort of a love story here with uh with Margot and Diego's characters. I loved that aspect of the movie so much. And it wasn't like a straight up like oh they like each other or like yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't I it had wasn't a like feeling that. considering how Damien Chazelle is. Uh-huh. But I like that it was a doomed love from the beginning and you can tell and there's mm-hmm. no forcing it. It's just simply a fact. But still mm-hmm. you're like going through the waves with Diego's character, Manny, one of my daughters for the win. Mm-hmm. Because he he lives with this fantasy. And I think one of my favorite aspects of the film is how there is one part where they're like at this fancy party where they're all trying to fit in. And oh, instead yeah. of saying that he's from Mexico, he says that he's from Spain. So it's those little things of his character and just him trying to fit into this world and trying to be with someone like Margot Robbie's character that is just very interesting to me. And that's why I think he's a standout with so many people. It's just such an interesting character study. I thought he was so good. I I, I couldn't... Going into the movie, I wasn't expecting anything from his character because he wasn't really marketed. You know, it was like... He had a few scenes in the marketing, I but know, the marketing that's my was villain origin story. <laughs> it was very, it's very heavy on Brad Pitt and Margot. And um, going into the movie, when it kind of starts with him, I was a little taken aback because I wasn't expecting him to be so like you know the the sole focal point. But when I realized that he was the 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 focal point of the movie and the main character, and it kind of revolves around him uh i was totally into it like i i loved just the arc of his character in the movie and um just like i i uh i ended up after i have a i I remember i messaged you about one issue with the movie and we'll get into that it was it it, it's definitely for me the run the runtime and things yeah which i definitely agree with your issue yeah (laughs) it's definitely that's like the only thing that really was stopping me from giving this a five star review because I loved like like mm-hmm. the first two and a half hours and that's like crazy. So it's like, oh, babe, wait, you like the you like the whole <laughs> movie then? <laughs> no, it's three hours and eight minutes. The first two and a half hours, like I was in love with what I was watching. Yeah, I were I remember your tweet. I, no, 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 it's not. It wasn't your tweet. It was your letterbox review. You it was this you when you said is this what uh what um spielberg wanted yes this is what the fablemans wanted us to feel about about filmmaking yes (laughs) i haven't seen the fablemans but i mean i love the fact that they in this movie they showed you the dirtiness of filmmaking people are dying on set people are like you know dying from exhaustion exhaustion People are getting injured. I was like, this is the stuff I want to see. Yeah, because it's really a film about how your yeah, your dreams can literally kill you. Yeah, I was I was so enthralled at that aspect of the movie. Oh my god, the way I cannot wait to watch it again. The way they were doing that, like filming the scenes, especially with like Margot's character. First of all, her name in the movie is so excellent. Nellie Leroy. I think that's a great film name. Uh, when they were doing her scene, like there's like a scene of her that they were filming in like a bar, and it was just yes. like the way they kind of capture how it's done, especially in those times. 
it was so great. Like I was so enthralled. And this is like, this doesn't happen a lot when I'm at home. At home watching movies like this, it's really hard for me because I'm very easily distracted. So I can imagine watching it at a theater. If I saw it at a theater, I probably wouldn't have cared about the runtime, uh, you know, issue at the end. Uh, but I loved uh, the way that that was all shot. And I love Damien Chazelle as a filmmaker. I actually watched Whiplash last week before watching this. And um, I just love the way they was going about that. There's like a scene of like, oh, we have to go get something before the sun runs out. And I was like, we're Man. losing the light. <laughs> it was like, we're losing the light. There's another yeah. scene. I'm, I'm kind of just all over the place, kind of like the movie right now. But like, <laughs> there's another scene where uh, it's it's with Margot's character and they're filming and it's like 20 minutes, but it's so fucking good. It's when they're filming a scene of her coming home from like college or something. Oh, she, she gets whole, to college and she's like, hello, college. <laughs> that whole scene, just the entire thing, like the dialogue. These are these these are the kind of movies that made me want to start writing. You know what I mean? Like the dialogue and is so quick and it's so fast paced and everything is funny and but everything is serious. People are screaming and it's just so good. Like this was this sections of the movie, like this first two hours, I was so invested and just like I was I was like gripping my couch. I was like, this is this is incredible. But um Let's get some of your thoughts. I kind of rambled there for, about like certain scenes, but let's get some of your thoughts as far as like the movie as a whole. What did you think overall? Overall, I definitely agree with you. I think we're on the same wavelength. I remember when I went to see it, I actually, the only time I ever looked at my phone was when there were 30 minutes left. So I think it's around the same time because you can feel it at that moment. It's like yeah, two hours and yeah. a half and you're fine. And then 30 minutes left and you're like, wait, I'm starting to feel like, this needs to be over soon but then like you get to the end and i think that final sequence is really good oh i agree i agree i also like how this film is shot in not chapters but you definitely feel like each part has its own beginning middle and end and it all comes together so smoothly so i really do appreciate that because i think that's why you're able to vibe with the runtime because you don't really feel like it's one big picture it's just very perfectly executed uh, moments that come together in the end. So I really do appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I agree because I remember there was a there was a section where towards the end where I was like, okay, like all right, this is dragging a little bit. But I will agree that the last like 10, 15 minutes I absolutely adore. So I think I said that in my little quick tweet review that you know the last 10 15 minutes reel it back in really well to kind of put a nice bow on this messy gift you know but messy but great gift um but i still i still love it and i still recommend it um i still i loved all the performances although i was upset that he's kind of given the first bill uh, I did really like Brad Pitt here. I thought his scene, I love his, like, his first scene. One of his first scenes is with a, is with an, a character who I didn't, I didn't know was in this movie, but they're only in it for this scene, and it's in a car. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's before the party, and I loved all of that. Yeah, so, I didn't expect to see her there. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, so caught off guard. I was like, oh, hey, you're, you're hey, you know, but, like, I loved all of that, and then, 
he also has a moment in the movie where he's telling when he's telling someone about how movies mean something and that really like struck with like stuck with me a little bit and oh um, yeah that was like supposed to be like his oscar scene i'm pretty sure you know it and is then it, was too. A, it was a good scene but again i out of all the performances there i preferred diego calva mm-hmm. and lee jun lee definitely i yeah I, I i i think i agree of course diego calva was like incredible um i just i hope i hope he just gets the recognition that he deserves because he was so great it's a scene with him like at these one of the last scenes is with him and Margot, and he's like he's giving so much emotion but then like what he's saying to Margot in that scene uh at the end after like something bad goes happen it's like you know it, it's it's kind of showing you what happened the entire you know throughout the entire movie and then you're like damn man you have been through a lot you know so i really i really love sections like that but um as far as like something that didn't work for you uh, for this movie, what what was that? Was that the uh, the pacing issues at the end that I had, or was so was it something else? Yeah, I would definitely agree with the pacing issue. I think towards the end, like I feel bad, but I mean, I like Tobey Maguire, but that entire sequence was a bit unnecessary. It feels like a deleted sequence that you'd find on the bonus features. Because it's supposed to prove how depraved Hollywood is. Because this film is a love letter to filmmaking and cinema itself, but a hate later, uh, a hate letter to Hollywood. And we got that from the beginning. So that entire sequence was a little bit pointless because you'd already proven that. But I can see how, I mean, he was great. Everyone was great in that scene. I thought it was well shot. It was well made. But was it necessary? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, I would have to agree with that as well as the the kind of I, I think the movie takes a takes a, a a halt in the runtime, and I think if the like I said like I said when I uh, when I had first seen it, I think if the movie like stayed at like two hours and even like forty five minutes, I think it probably would have been my favorite movie of the year, and. Um, but I think just that section when you get to like Toby Maguire's character, it's just it it that scene like it's fun and stuff like that. But it's just after like a certain time frame, it's just like, dude, can we get to the point here? And I know that you know why we had to do that scene and stuff. It was kind of for them to kind of just for the characters to kind of move on in their yeah, life. Yeah, it was and I important guess to the it. plot. Yeah. So at least it had purpose. But I mean, at that point, it kind of made me annoyed with Nelly because she's not really supposed to be the most likable character. You're supposed to look past her flaws. But after a while, especially at that point, you start feeling the irritation and the um, uh, the word has just escaped me. But the um, that um, Manny is kind of feeling. Not desperate, but he's getting tired of Nelly's antics. Yeah, yeah. frustrated. And, and yeah, frustrated. Like... And then you're starting to feel that too, because I mean, I'm sympathizing or empathizing more with him at that point because it is kind of frustrating. He's so enamored by her, and at that point, it's like he's been chasing her all this time. But really, it's just this person who's just pretty self-involved. Mm-hmm. And the ending of this movie, it won't give anything away. It's just very heartbreaking, but. 
Um, I think that's kind of what, like I said, that this was this was happening like the last like 10, 15 minutes where I was like, okay, I can get past this little section, but I mean, I the way it ended, of course, how it starts, how it all ties in together. I thought, I thought it was truly excellent, and um, like I said, if it was, if the movie just, I think the movie just got away from itself. It got away from the high pace first two hours that you're just so like these things are happening we're on sets and yes. we're doing this and we're meeting new characters and our characters are not even like you know because it's not like it's not like in the movie like brad pitt and margo know each other it's kind of just like they're kind of just in the same lingo and in the, in the same circle so it's like seeing that kind of come together it was like all of that was like a lot of fun and then it does take a halt and it kind of stops in the in its tracks. And I get that you have to slow down sometimes, you know, with these fast paced movies. But um, I think you should slow down a little earlier than like two and hours and 20 minutes. Then we slow down. So, uh, yeah, just those kind of things is what took me out of it a little bit. But I, I, I still think the movie's fantastic. And I actually am very eager to watch it again. Yeah, but no, I also I, I really watch, want to watch it again too. Yeah, I also want to watch Avatar again. So that's <laughs> two three hour movies. So I don't know. We're gonna have to figure something out. Yeah, but um, <laughs> um, but I thought I thought I thought it was. I still thought it was fantastic. And, yeah, overall, um, I think the slow the slowing down in pace just goes mm-hmm. to prove that the movie ages with these characters, and you do see oh for sure like their rise and their glory days, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Star Is Born situation. Some of them are going up, while some of them are going down. And even those that go up, we also see them go down. So it's definitely like the turning of the tides, how things change, how cinema has changed, but how it still persists despite those changes. So overall, it's a good movie. Babylon, I think, is like the reason why. Like, it's the kind of movie that reminds you why we love movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, like I said, this was these kind of movies are why I want to write movies. And these are the kind of movies that really got me into film like like if i was if i was if i was uh 20 years old or like 19 and i like wasn't i wasn't like i wasn't into movies yet like that but i like you know i was a casual and i i liked them if i watched this and like when i was like if i was like 19 years old or like 20 this would probably be like okay i want to like <laughs> like this the whole spiel of 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 uh manny just talking about like i want to feel something and be something like that would get me off my ass to want to go into film and change my major and all that kind of shit because that's what happened back in like 2013 14 i completely changed my outlook on what i wanted to do and be just after watching a few of those movies like the martian and nightcrawler oh my gosh yes the martian is so good (laughs) yeah like stuff like that is when i was like dude this psychology shit (laughs) 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 ain't for me man i want to do this movie thing so props to damien chazelle because whiplash was another one of those movies that did the same thing for me too so um i'm glad to have babylon in my life i cannot wait to watch it again so I highly recommend Babylon to everybody. Despise its flaws. It, yeah. it, 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 Same here. It, yeah, it would be weird if the movie was like perfect, you know. So, despise its issues. I still highly recommend it. So, 
for now, everyone, that is our review for Babylon. Go watch we, it. <laughs> yes, go watch it, please. The three hours will fly by. I guarantee it. Um, okay, so we're going to go into our review of The Whale right after this break. So when we come back, Josie and I will be still be here, and we're going to be discussing The Whale from Darren Aronofsky and Brendan Fraser. Back in a moment, the Cinemating World Podcast. I know these rules can feel constraining, but remember, the point of this course is to learn how to write clearly and persuasively. Think about that. Think about the truth of your argument. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? Who would want me to be a part of their life? You don't stay in touch with mom? She really only tells me things about you. Why? Because that's all I want to know about. Why'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on her. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time, I will shove a knife right into you. I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. <laughs> Why do you suddenly need to see her so bad? Why now? Liz. I'm worried that she's forgotten what an amazing person she is. I need to know that she's going to have a decent life where she cares about people and that she's going to be okay. Alrighty, back on the show here on the Cinemania World Podcast. Uh, my name is Dwayne once again, and I am joined by Josie from the team. We are now going to be discussing The Whale, of course, starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, I'm so excited to get into this because I have gotten so tired of this damn photo that's been used. <laughs> the jazzified Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Uh, oh my god! Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I thought this movie was like, you know, when you're watching a movie and like a scene comes and it's of like the trailer or like the photo that you saw. When the yeah. scene, when the when the <laughs> when the scene is happening, and the infamous poster comes up. I was like, oh my god, it's like it's it's a real, it's real from it's a real yeah, shot. No, from the I watch I watched it with my um housemate, shout out to Gabriela, fellow film poser. Cause mm. she hadn't seen a couple of films and I feel so bad because I made her basically watch After Sun, then after that I made her watch Marcel, then Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, then The Whale. She's like, Are you trying to kill me? And I'm like, Oh my <laughs> god, what a lineup. What is wrong with you? <laughs> she hadn't seen them. It's not my fault they're all sad. But I remember we were watching The Whale and the shot from the poster came up and she was like, yep. Oh my gosh, it's the poster. <laughs> it's yes, exactly what I did. I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, it's the poster. It's real. It's, it's right that iconic. There. 
So, yeah. So we are going to get into this movie. This is the bio straight from IMDb as well. Uh, it stars, of course, Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, um, Hong Chow. And the bios as follows. A reclusive English teacher attempts to reconnect with his, with his estranged teenage daughter. Uh, and, of course, it was directed by Darren Abernofsky. And, uh, yeah, let's get into The Whale, I guess. So you so you had was mentioning how this movie was divisive as well. And, again, this was a movie that initially early in the stages of like its release, you know, in festivals, I was, I heard nothing but great things. And then as time gone by, maybe like the last couple of weeks or so, I've definitely heard of mixed reviews. So going into it, I was going into it kind of apprehensive, but I think I actually ended up enjoying it. I don't yeah. know, I'm still kind of I, iffy on the movie. What yeah, did you think? I, I think what affected this movie a lot is that a lot of people were pu- putting their reactions out there and their opinions on Twitter, specifically mm-hmm. film Twitter, without having seen the film. Yeah. So I think that affected the conversation a lot because I remember just seeing a lot of people and a lot of threads and just discussions about Brendan Fraser and the state of his character. But then those people like would admit that they're never going to watch the movie, which is totally understandable. You don't have to watch every movie that comes out. Especially right. if it's something that could potentially be triggering, like this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it did come to a point where you did see so much become like a fact in the in the film community, and it's like, wait. Mm-hmm. Then you watch the film, and you're like, this is totally different. So it becomes a whole conversation of like, am I a bad person for liking this film? Which no, you're not. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Like, cause I I've seen mm-hmm. those comments of like fat phobia and just kind of what's the word i'm thinking what's the word i'm thinking about when you is it idolize is it is it is it that like idolize uh glorify yeah glorify that's the word i was thinking about joker and i was like what oh the, what's the word everybody <laughs> said when joker came out um yeah so glorified like you know oh glorifying mental illness and joker <laughs> yeah yeah so i i p- p- people were saying that but like about obesity with the uh, with this movie i didn't really get that vibe i thought it was just a film you know what i'm saying yeah i think that there are some aspects where the camera language Mm -hmm. does make it seem as if darren aronofsky hates this character and i'm not coming to the defense of him as a director or the choices of the dp etc but i do feel like when i was watching this film the way that it was shot and the moments where brendan fraser's character would be shown which Charlie, by the way, will be shown a specific way that wasn't flattering. Sometimes right. I took it as his own perception of himself, but also the way that people would perceive him. Like there's one very heartbreaking scene where there's someone that was always checking up on him that he didn't really know, which was a delivery guy. And then yeah, when yeah. the delivery guy finally gets to see him, his reaction was so heartbreaking. And so like I wanted to I wanted to run after that guy and Give him a strong talking to, because it made me very sad. <laughs> yeah, give him a strong talking to. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was going to say something more violent, but let's keep it PG. <laughs> but it made me so upset for him. Because, I mean, the whole thing about this movie is it doesn't work without Brendan Fraser. He oh, gives the performance of a lifetime. Man. And I really hope he gets a lot of love in this award season, as he's getting so far. Mm-hmm. Because he 
doesn't have to do much. It's a very, um, um, it's, ah, I'm losing, we're losing words today, but it's like, um, it's a very embodied role. Babylon, I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) It's a very embodied role where you have to take like everything of yourself to put yourself in this position. But he Mm. does so much with simplicity that he doesn't have to go all the way out there and exaggerate. It's just in his eyes, just with his eyes alone, you feel for him. He gives you so many emotions. It kind of reminded me not to the extent of Robert Pattinson's Batman in that movie, but kind of close to that where like in, in, in the Batman, you didn't have a lot of things explained to you as far as what his character, like what Bruce Wayne was feeling. You kind of just kind of was, you had to paint a picture where you saw his eyes. Like, you know, he's in the suit a lot and you had to just kind of sit and watch the way he was looking at people, like when he's looking at the kid in the beginning, the scenes where he's just looking at Selena Kyle. It's just like those scenes, of course, he's feeling love and he's feeling kind of kind of he's feeling kind of trapped in the situation of like losing, you know, losing himself with, with you know, with this, in this woman or kind of, you know, protecting Gotham. And then with the kid, it's like when he's just staring at him, it's kind of a feeling of, I know what you're, what you're feeling like right now, you know, when the kid's dad is like dead. And then in this movie, like Brendan Fraser does a lot of that. There's a lot of dialogue in the movie, but there's a lot of sitting with his character and just like, and quite frank, he's, he's kind of in one section throughout the majority of the movie. It's not a, I don't remember what the runtime was. I think it was about two hours. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of times where you're just kind of sitting with his character while while the character is kind of thinking and contemplating on a lot of things. And I usually love when movies do that. But, um, yeah, I thought Brandon Frazier, I, I heard all the praise. I was like, man, when I watch this, it's probably going to be like, OK, like as far as like the performance goes. But no, no the, it's incredible. The, hype, <laughs> the hype is very real. Brendan Frazier in this movie is almost now if i say unrecognizable you're gonna like oh that's because of like all the prosthetics and and everything going on but no it's not even that it's it's unrecognizable in the sense of i would have never seen him do a role like this you know um so especially lately too so i'm I'm glad this has become brendan fraser's kind of renaissance and his like return so to... it wasn't he in Batgirl? yeah he we was. would have gotten him in Batgirl. <laughs> This year too, so same time. So I know, um, but, but the I, Brendan Fraser Renaissance—it's happening. It's happening, and it's clear hindsight, twenty twenty-three. Hope he get. I, I hope he gets the Oscar. I, I love all the performances that we've gotten this Oscar season, but I do hope that it goes to him. Oh, there's um, this weird narrative going around where he's not gonna get him. People are like, "No, it was like early hype only." Blah blah blah, and I'm like. I'm still rooting for him because I revisit the the other performances that might get in. Same. And same. they're good. I'm not saying that they're not. I mean, even I'm rooting for Austin Butler to get the nomination because, I mean, he embodied Elvis. He was yeah, really good, yeah. even though it hurts me because Taryn Edgerton also de- deserved that recognition. But for, he was uh, good. Rocketman. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't take that away from him, but I hope it does go to Brendan Fraser because there's nothing like this performance the movie doesn't work without him and i think it is with reason 
Darren Aronofsky definitely let them have free reigns of their characters and decide what they should be as people. Mm-hmm. And I liked all the choices he made because he definitely made Charlie out to be very human. Yeah, and I and I think a lot of times we don't get that too in stuff in some of these kind of films. So did it kind of take it, did it kind of surprise you a little bit that this was a Darren Aronofsky film? Because like when you think of him, you think of like, kind of like what he's done gets kind of insane but did you did you did, did you kind of when you was going into the movie and watching it did you kind of did you kind of get apprehensive when it came to to that or were you kind I of mean, like down for the change for me it was a little bit different because i'm not as familiar with his work um i don't yeah. i didn't play into the darren aronofsky narrative i know that a lot right. of people leading up to this film were like oh my god darren aronofsky especially since his last film if i'm not mistaken was mother so a lot mm-hmm, of people were anticipating yeah. this because of that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen Mother. I think the only film of his that I've seen is Black Swan and now The Whale. So there's only so much I could have <laughs> as a previous influence or like mm-hmm. to impact my perception going in. But it didn't. I went with a really clean slate and it actually made me respect him a bit because it was so well made. Well, I do yeah. have my issues, again, with the camera language. It's still just the the way that it looks like a play and it sounds like a play and it moves like a play. I feel that it was well made in that aspect because that it's so much harder to pull that off than people expect because a play works in theater because it's made for that. And then when you add cameras, the language changes. And I feel they were able to balance it really well. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I I thought that, like you said, you said the word balance here, and I thought that was that was all done really, really well when it came to, especially because it's a it is it is a longer movie, and it doesn't really feel like that too. Especially movies like this when you're kind of in, uh, when you're kind of in one location for the majority of the film, and you are. I mean, I don't think we ever go out of the house really in the movie you know and um yeah i think i think when you have all that the balance is very very important as far as far as like what's the conflict in here what's the dialogue about like is it all is the movie entirely just about you know his struggles with his weight or is it more substance you know in that and i thought that they did a good job as far as balancing all of his relationships with people who care about him who don't who are who are angry with him but still don't want him to to like die yeah Uh, there's a there's like there's kind of an aspect of the movie of him kind of accepting his own fate and um we kind of the movie kind of actually starts with that him kind of accepting his fate you know thinking that something was going to happen and uh i liked all the way that was handled uh another person that has not been getting a lot of love with this movie, um, at least from what I've seen, is uh, Hong Chao as Liz. Oh my gosh, I loved her. She was, I know Brendan Fraser is great, but I, she was mm-hmm. my favorite character of the film because she was mm-hmm. the one I could relate to the most. I thought that everything she brought in was also so believable and so human, yeah. which yep. I did like Sadie Sink. I think she's a great actress, but I think this is more at the fault of the director than her. I felt her performance mm-hmm. was a little bit one note. And knowing how many emotions and how dynamic she can be as an actress, I wish we could have gotten more of that. 
Mm-hmm. And with Hong Xiao, I think we did get that. There are so many aspects in just her desperation because she's equally desperate as Charlie, but she has more of a positive outlook. So seeing those two dynamics um, bump into each other constantly is very heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I And it's crazy, too, because I just watched Hong Chao in the menu. And what two... Complete, this is her year. She's great. Yeah, <laughs> complete different performances. And that's what I love when in my actors and actresses is just, like, taking something and just doing something so out of left field and then coming back with something so personal and emotional and i think she has just been great this year another person that everyone's kind of going crazy over this year as well is kind of paul dano and stuff too you know with his work in the fablemans and the batman and how those are two very different performances well if he gets nominated it should be for the batman that's all i'm saying i mean i agree (laughs) i'm not gonna argue there at all but like yeah, I thought she was incredible. And I was like, man, in the menu, she was incredible. And in this, she's incredible. Like, what are you in next? Immediately. Like, what? I know that she's, right in, she's in showing up. So she filmed the menu showing up and the whale back to back. She has an Crazy. interview about this. Crazy. And I'm just so excited because I didn't see showing up at NIF, but it comes out. Uh, A24 is releasing it, I think, early next year. Mm-hmm. and i want to watch it just because of her i've heard good things about the film but at this point she just quickly cemented herself as one of my favorite actresses right now oh, including like cute. she's up there to me with mia goth now like if mia goth is in anything and hong chow and anything i'll watch it yeah and it's like it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like if uh if like i like i 100% agree if, if now she's on the map for me where it's like well, what are you doing next because same as Mia Goth after X and then going into Pearl. Like I'm just I'm all over Mia Goth right now, all over Hong Chao. Like that they, they were perfect performances, and um, I thought she was great. Now I was gonna go into Sadie Singh because I think her character has been very very divisive, and yeah. I will say that I although I liked her performance in this movie. I don't think it's her best performance because I feel like no. I still feel like it was very kind of Max from Stranger Things in a way. Yeah, that's what that, that's the same way I felt. I think that's why I was more impressed with Hong Chao because it was something Agreed. different. But it's Agreed. not taking away from her. Sadie Sink, like, there's no doubt she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just I, I, I'm glad you pointed it out because I felt the same way. I remember watching it the first time and being like, this just is just giving me Max, especially in yeah. season four with her. Yeah, with how with her closed mom. off she was. Yeah, yeah dealing yeah. with her mom being depressed because, I mean, look at their situation. It just felt like it was the same character in a different situation. Yeah, 100%. And it's just like it. it and, and that's I was a little I was really bummed out with that because I was telling myself I was like, you know, uh, Sadie Sink is in this. I haven't heard much about her performance as far as people giving praise at all, but I was so excited to see her kind of do something a lot different. And I didn't watch any trailers going into the movie. I watched the the newest trailer that they released, but I only watched like like 30 seconds of it. And I usually like to go in things that I haven't seen that are out, like completely blind. 
Um, and, you know, I knew enough about the story to just like, okay, now I can just watch it. I don't need to watch the trailer. But um, I, so when I heard that she was in the movie, I had forgotten. I was like, oh, yeah, Sadie sings in that. I'm excited to see what she does outside of the Netflix realm and stuff. It feels like a lot of things that she's been in has just been inside the Netflix bubble. So I was super excited to see her outside of that bubble. And then it starts and she's in it and she's just uh, another version of Max in a way. And uh, I don't know, dude, after like an hour, her character is really unbearable after a while. And uh, I was bummed out. At first I got it and I understood why this character was so mean and aggressive. And I was like, I get it, you know, as far as, as far as, as, as far as like, you know, daddy issues and father issues, father to son or father to daughter, I, I understood. But after like a while after that, you know, after a good chunk of the movie, I was like, this is kind of getting old. You know, I kind of wanted a little bit more of a character evolution here because she's not, she's kind of rude to everybody. And I was like, I, I don't yeah. know how I feel about <laughs> it. I was like very mixed on her performance. Here. No, not performance. Her performance was good, but I was very mixed on her character, the character. choices here. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't really work for me. Was there anything in the movie that didn't really, well, what, what didn't work for you ultimately here? I, I'm going to look for <laughs> like, not to be shady i just want to pay respect oh. to the actor but um i'm looking for his name you know the character oh the one a... who's like a, a like what is it like a mormon or something like that yeah something um like where are you tyson kins oh that's his game okay okay yeah he plays he yeah he plays thomas and honestly mm -hmm. again it's that thing where it's a good performance but i wasn't fond of the character and i see why he's there but honestly, if it had just been Hong Chao and, the, and um, Brendan Fraser, I would have been okay. <laughs> but I do understand the dynamics that these characters have to bring here, especially Sadie Sink being the main antagonist, because it kind of sucks. He wants to reconnect with his daughter, but his daughter is practically evil, as her mom says. Mm -hmm. And then Thomas, the betrayal he brings towards the end as well, because he just wants to be a good person, but really he's not. So it's just, it feels like a morality play where everyone is trying to be something they're not and it's all about righteousness and what's good and what's bad and it deals with a lot of sin like indulgence gluttony uh, lust mm. etc so it definitely feels like morality play and i did not <laughs> like thomas as a character but the performance was good other than that um yeah i think it's just the camera language that bothered me i feel that if it had been positioned a little bit differently i wouldn't have minded as much but overall the story to me makes sense it has a lot to do with the writer's personal experience with ben jeeting and his problems with um his, uh, his the way he perceived himself mm -hmm. during a low moment in his life which a lot of people were criticizing that aspect of the film and i at TIFF, he did talk about it being, like, his personal experience. So there's only so much you can say about that. But overall, I think those are my main little flaws. I, I uh, still really like the movie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Same. I uh, There was one moment in the movie that I didn't really like, but it's kind of a spoilery moment. But there's something with his classroom that I didn't really like towards the end, and I thought it was a little... Yeah. 
I mean, I get the scene, but I thought the handling of everything was a little like, I don't know. I can't really explain it because it is kind of spoilery and it involves like other kids and teenagers or like, you know, college kids. And I thought, I feel like nowadays college kids wouldn't react the way some of them did. So I think so like that scene I probably had an issue with. And I do agree with you in a sense of like, especially the ending is like a big moment in the ending. And I didn't really like how that was all handled and stuff, I don't think. But overall, I think I do I do still think that I uh enjoyed the movie. And I think that I'm interested to see how I feel on another rewatch. Um, I think it's in theaters right now, finally, you know, wide. So there's a lot of movies that I'm going to have to get up, you know, kind of watch during <laughs> my my vacation coming up here. So, yeah, I, I still really, really, really enjoyed it. And, of course, the performances really help, like, you know, hold the movie up. Because if those performances wasn't there, if those actors weren't there, I don't know. I feel like there's something like this would have just been, like, a disaster. So I I'm, I'm very grateful that these actors and actresses were chosen for a movie like this and yeah i think i still really enjoyed it so any final thoughts on the whale it's a great film go watch it and that being said i it will not be for everybody so if you definitely feel it's a film that you won't that might trigger you it is possible that might be the case i know a lot of people at tiff like came out of it kind of shaken so don't force yourself to watch this film. If you're like one of those people that's like, I need to watch everything that might be an awards contender. It's okay. You don't have to. Be kind <laughs> yeah, you to yourself. <laughs> you don't have to if you don't. You know, I, I completely agree. This is something to move. I've dealt with a lot of this in my family. So this is definitely a movie that does hit a little bit close to home. But overall, I am glad that I sat down with it. And I thought overall it was handled well. And I'll keep it at that. Um, okay. Everyone, that is it for our review. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Our double reviews of Babylon and the Whale. Good stuff, Josie. I appreciate you. Appreciate you for coming on here. Of and course. Thank you for having me. And also, happy holidays to everybody. <laughs> happy holidays, everyone. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your time off. Hopefully, some of you have time off from work. I know Josie's. She got the hell up out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, man, she said, God bless y'all and that snow up there on the East Coast. Honestly, everybody be safe and careful with that winter storm happening right now. At least yeah. in New York City, it's not supposed to snow. It's only supposed to be like rain and wind, which is still horrible. Same but with at least yeah. it's not you're not gonna be slipping and sliding on the sidewalk with the with that frozen <laughs> right all that slush i know you tired oh. of that slush she's tired <laughs> josie's like that's why i left <laughs> it was my she was my fucking sand dude like screw this man um well it was great to have you here on the show as always josie and everyone uh thank you guys for listening i really appreciate it if you only stayed for babylon or if you skipped ahead to the way uh i appreciate you listening either way and josie why don't you let everyone know where they can follow you absolutely thanks again for having me on the podcast and you can find me at the josie marie on twitter and letterboxd 
All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Cinemaniac94, and you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinemania World. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Dwayne. That was Josie. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.